You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a message today, living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself the question, what is the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? What is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? The Holy Spirit reconciled Christ to us. The Holy Spirit sanctified Jesus, disconnected him from your sin and my sin. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The promise that was made to Abraham promise of the Holy Spirit. That's the promise that was made to Abraham, the promise of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you all know it, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. A promise from God to empower us. Family, listen to me. All Christian service should be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. All Christian service should be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're complaining about Christian service, about witnessing, ministering, helping, you should ask yourself, have I been empowered by the Holy Spirit? We don't live under the law anymore but we live under grace. The promise was made to Abraham 430 years before the law. God chooses grace rather than works. Unfortunately, all of us say we are children of Father Abraham. Through his faith, believing God's word, righteousness was accounted to him and we have that blessing we say we are children of father Abraham but then we quote Moses this is not only the problem that we face today the problem that all generations have been facing John taught on it Paul taught on it And I want to take you on a journey today to see that you are not under the law anymore, but that you are under grace. So you can enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of John chapter 1. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Turn to the person next, you say, I'm born of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When the word became flesh, We could see his glory. 
When Adam the, was created, he was clothed with God's glory. Jesus came to restore glory back to man. Romans teaches us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus, in John 17, 22, he prayed and he said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. Turn to the person next to you say, you were designed for God's glory. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is very important to understand this family. Under the old covenant, under the law, when you sinned, we knew the truth about you that you have sinned. And that's all, all of us here. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When you sinned, God's glory departed. That's why David said, do not let your spirit depart from me. But when Jesus came, can you see twice here? He says, when the word manifested, he was full of grace and truth. What does that teach us? When the law was here and the truth was here, you were guilty. But now between the law that Moses brought, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, and the truth, we have grace. Turn to the person next to you and say, I thank God for his grace. The mistake that we make, we want to combine the law with grace. And it's not a matter of combining the two but looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. The law is the easiest way to control people. Just put a law on somebody. You may not do this, you may not do this, you may not. But it will never change people. When the law came, sin revived and I died. So the law had a certain degree of glory and if the Israelites, a type of the church, obeyed the law, God blessed them. If you obey these commandments, I will bless you. If you disobey, I'm going to curse you. What does that mean? Blessing is when God is with you. Blessing is when God's glory is with you. Curse is when God withdraws his presence. That's a curse when God's presence is not there. Ichabod. Turn to the person next to you and say, I think I might find myself under the law sometimes. But I really want to be under grace. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. 
So if you go read from verse 3 or verse 4, you'll see Paul is writing here and he says not that we are sufficient or that our sufficiency comes from ourselves, but our sufficiency comes from God who has made us ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. Verse 7, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious. I mean, there's no doubt that he's talking about the law, the Ten Commandments. This is what John said in John 1. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Remember, the law is still the word of God. That's why there's glory in it. Now will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, turn to the person next to you and say, the law brings condemnation. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Remember Jesus said, he said, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. We can only exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees that live according to the law, not making any mistake when we are in Christ Jesus, the one who is righteous. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Can you see the necessity for the ending of living under the law and a new beginning living under grace? Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to live under grace. So the Bible says, the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. You can go read in Exodus. When the law was given, when the law came, sin revived and I died. The Bible says here, the letter kills. When the law was given... About 3,000 men died because nobody can live under the law without singing. But with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, go look at Acts chapter 2, about 3,000 got saved. Wow. Do you know what's the most amazing thing? It's exactly on the same day, a thousand years later. When the law was given... About 3,000 men died. Exodus 32, you can go look at it. But in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was given, 3,000 got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit because our life is from Christ Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. 
the giving of the law and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is exactly on the same day. There's a lot of things. You can go look and see the temple of Solomon. When God's glory filled the temple, there was 120 priests ministering. How many were in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came and filled the room? 120. Turn to the person next to you and say, the Holy Spirit's in control. Tell them again, say, the Holy Spirit is in control. So you have to remove yourself from that place where you think, God does not want to be with me. The blessing is greater than the curse. A matter of fact, according to Scripture, Christ has absorbed the curse. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Galatians 3. I want to lay a foundation to help some of you to just receive the Holy Spirit, to know that the Holy Spirit is welcome on the inside. Galatians 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed as everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's you and me. So the Holy Spirit is not just for the Jews, but the Holy Spirit for the Gentiles is for us as well. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise that was made to Abraham was not houses and cars and money. It was the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because once you've received the Holy Spirit, you've been empowered for victorious living. When you have the Holy Spirit with you, the giver of life, bringing life to everything that you touch, everything you touch will be blessed. But don't be under the law, be under grace. Because when you're under law, when the law came, sin revived and I died. That's why you feel so much condemnation. Under grace. Grace is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. Living in the spirit is to live by grace. Turn to the person next to you and say, live by grace. Every true Christian must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or every true Christian is baptized in the Holy Spirit when they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then the Spirit regenerates your spirit and links you up with God. You know what this means? It means you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost in order for you to be a Christian. Do not serve God from here, but to serve God from here. In the Old Testament, they only experienced the Holy Spirit upon. Samson, the Spirit of God would come upon him, and he would do marvelous and miraculous things. 
The Spirit was upon David. Isaiah said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. But once Jesus died for us on the cross, now the Holy Spirit is within. You've become the temple. A matter of fact, at the day of Pentecost, the Bible mentions fire that was upon them. The gift of the Holy Spirit, and they started speaking in other tongues. Turn to the person next, you say there's two fires. The fire within, the fire upon. Family, listen to me. This is very important. It's crucial for successful living that the fire on the inside and the fire upon, they should burn as one. The fire that's upon you is your gifting. The gift that God has given you. Your calling. But the fire within is your character, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22. Learning His ways. When your gift exceeds your character, you're an accident waiting to happen. Turn to the person next you say, I need the fire within as much as I need the fire upon. In our hearts, we are made to be like God. We have to give Him the rightful place on the inside to shape us, to form us. That's what Paul prayed. He said, I'm in labor. I'm praying, travailing for you that Christ would be formed on the inside of you. Not just the gift of Christ upon you, but on the inside of you. We're so quickly impressed by the gift upon. But what we really need is the gift within. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need both those fires. Tell them again, say, I need both those fires. God said, I'm going to empower you so that you can go and witness. So when it comes to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, who should receive it? Everybody. Who should speak in tongues? All of us. It's not limited to a few people. I know some of your minds are going ting, 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 and trying to, don't try and figure it out here. It's a fire from here. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. All of us should pray in the Spirit. The early church prayed in the Spirit. When you look at Jude 1 verse 20, it says... Pray in the Holy Spirit because it builds your faith. 
when you're feeling down, you feel, I don't have faith, I don't, just pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you are disconnecting your thinking. Your mind is unfruitful, is what the Bible says. But you are praying from your spirit, that part that's linked up with God. A matter of fact, Paul said, we will pray in the spirit, then we'll pray in the understanding. We'll sing in the spirit, then we'll sing in the understanding. Most of the time we do it the other way around. You might find people singing songs and then at the end, sing in the spirit. Let me tell you a little secret about household of Christ. This church, when we started it and we gathered together for prayer, we said, nobody say anything. We're just going to start praying in the Spirit. Let's get the mind and heart of God. The New Testament church, when it was birthed, their focus was upon praying in the Spirit. But we live in a society where we want to understand everything. We want to be in control. What we're going to pray, what we're going to instruct God. And sometimes what you need is you need the perfect will of God just to pray in the Spirit. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. How is that impossible? It's impossible, but not in the Spirit. In the Spirit, you can pray without ceasing because your Spirit is always linked up with God. Most people think a better life will come when they have better money. But the truth is the better life comes when you have the Holy Spirit. When you have him, you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Even the church today, sometimes our focus, when we're in the world, when we go out, our focus is on the wrong things. When you go and look at the book of Acts chapter 3, Peter, you know what's the amazing thing? Jesus walked past that man that sat against Gate Beautiful. Jesus said to him, silver and gold I do not have. I want you to forsake your ways of looking to money to be the answer. What I'm going to give you is Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Get up and walk. You know what's the heart sore thing? Gate beautiful is Jesus. He is the way, the beautiful gate into God's presence. This man is leaning against Gate Beautiful. He's got the answer next to him, but he's using it as a crutch, leaning against it, looking to people to give him money. Don't raise your hand if that's happened to you. <laughs> Jesus, just send somebody to give me money. But you've got the problem here, the one who is more precious than silver and gold. First, prosper in your spirit. The promise that was made to Abraham was not money, but the Holy Spirit. Family, listen to me. You can be poor and be a friend of Jesus. You can have nothing in your pocket and be a friend of Jesus. You can have sickness in your body and be a candidate of heaven. But we always judge and look with our eyes. 
a matter of fact, you're always going to judge people on their worst actions and justify yourself, your best intentions. But God will always look at your heart. When you have the Holy Spirit, you are blessed indeed. Even in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, go read Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. It says, do not forget the Lord, for it is God himself who gives you the power, the ability to be successful, to obtain wealth, to establish what? His covenant, Old Covenant. Turn to the person next to you and say, I have a better covenant with better promises. If under the old covenant, it was God's power working on the inside of them so that he could establish this covenant, imagine under the new covenant with better promises. A better covenant not based upon what you have done, but what Jesus has done. Are you ready to stop living under the law? Turn to the person next to you and say, I don't want to be under the law. I want to be under grace. Tell them again, say, I don't want to be under the old covenant. I want to be under the new covenant. Go back to 2 Corinthians 3. We can pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But more important that you would know the Holy Spirit is with you. That you would know what God has done for you. That you don't step into the trap of the enemy to go place yourself under the law again. But that you would remain under grace. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is for everybody. Tell them again, say, this is for everybody. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to read the Passion Translation as well. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I am referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from the brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Remember, early on I read, not that we are sufficient or that our sufficiency comes from ourselves, but our sufficiency comes from God, who's made us ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Then he talks about the ministry of condemnation, of guilt that is written on the stone tablets. Remember? Now he's going a little, a little bit further. He says, I don't want you to be under the law. I want you to be under grace. He says, when one turns to the Lord, 
the veil is taken away. Now you start entering into a new level of life. From the glory of living under the law into the new glory that is under grace by the Holy Spirit. Can you see the importance to invite the Holy Spirit into your life? Now you can be victorious at all times because it's not about you doing the right thing, but Jesus who did the right thing on the cross. The trap of the enemy is to trick you to get back under the law. Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 3. He said, oh Galatians, who has bewitched you? Paul is saying here to the Galatians, he says, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth of what Christ has done for you? You know that Jesus Christ died. He was portrayed before you, crucified. He has absorbed the curse. He's removed the enmity between you and God. He says, tell me something, you Galatians. Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you obey the law? Or because you believe by faith what Jesus Christ did on the cross? He says, you are foolish. You begin in the Spirit, then you end up in the flesh. You begin under grace. Romans 8 verse 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And as soon as you make the first mistake, you place yourself under the law, under condemnation. And now you think you'll get the Holy Spirit when you do good, instead of looking to Jesus who did good. We now, when we make a mistake, you can run to God. A matter of fact, the Holy Spirit, when you make a mistake, is not embarrassed by your situation. He's not scared by hell, by darkness. So whatever things you've been doing that you think, oh God, I'm under guilt and condemnation. The Holy Spirit will always lead you and say, let's go to the cross. Whatever you are facing, whatever you're feeling bad about, the guilt and condemnation, I want to assure you, Jesus died for it. He's betrayed right before you as crucified. I'm not going to stay with you because you're under the law. I'm staying with you because you're putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? God will always do more than what you can imagine. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can dream big because you have a big Holy Spirit with you. Family, do you know what this means? When you have the Holy Spirit who has sanctified you, made you righteous, you can now offer praise in righteousness. And it's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. Because once you know your position in Christ Jesus, you'll know when you are praying, there'll be a force from heaven to back what you are praying. 
because now you're praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is working in you, with you, and through you more than what you can realize. You know what's the amazing thing? The Holy Spirit will help you to be obedient to the Word of God. As soon as you become obedient to the Word of God, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit is given to you. The more Holy Spirit you get, the more victorious living you can do. The more obedient you become. The more obedient you become, the more Holy Spirit will work. Can you see how God has set you up for victorious living? Go read Acts 5 verse 32. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Him. I want to close with this. The power of the heart. Believing comes from our heart. This week I had a meeting with somebody. We are discussing some things that we are busy with here at the church. Planning. Dreaming big. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, dream big. And while we were just sharing with the person about how important it is to serve God from your heart and not your mind. To love from your heart, not just here. She actually said to us, my qualification is not what I'm doing. I actually got a lot of understanding of what you're talking about. And she said, did you know that around the brain and the heart, there's an electromagnetic field? The heart has got one, and the brain has got one. And they can actually function separately. That's why sometimes somebody's brain can be dead, but their heart is still pumping. It's got a life of its own. A matter of fact, the heart is the life of man, but the life of the heart is love. Very interesting that God pours out his love into our hearts. Faith works through love. Then she said something very interesting. She said, the electromagnetic field around the heart is 5,000 5, times greater than that of the brain. Can you see why God wants his peace in your heart? A peace that surpasses all understanding? And that's what Christ came to do. He said, I'm putting my peace in your heart. Not the peace of this world, but the peace that comes from me. That even when you are facing challenging times, when you have the peace of God here, giving the Holy Spirit the rightful place here, can you imagine the power that gets released when Jesus said, if you only believe, all things are possible? When we confess the Lord Jesus Christ with our mouths, it needs our heart's full agreement. That's what God came to do, to sanctify our hearts, to make your heart righteous so that you can live from here in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you are facing, He does not want you to face it alone. He's your helper. He's your comforter so that you can live victorious. He says, when I make you successful and you are blessed, 
Remember, I'm the one who's given you the power. Why? Because of this covenant, this better covenant that I've allowed you to enter in. That's why Paul said, you're blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I want to assure you, when you are born again, everything about you will start to change. You'll start to prosper in your spiritual life, in your way of thinking. Every area of your life, your family, your career will be affected by the working of the Holy Spirit. But we have to allow Him to work in us and through us, with us and for us. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.